Today is the final Sunday of the Advent. And as I said, today we lit four candles. We lit the candle first of hope, and then the candle of peace, the candle of joy, and now the candle of love. Love is a great thing. Love is a great thing both in the world today as you love a girlfriend or a wife, as you love your family, as you love your friends, as you love your church family. But the love that Christ would bring is like no other love that could be compared to a worldly love. The love that Christ would bring was a sacrificial love that we are told to look to and that they would look to coming into the world. The Advent is a time where you look backwards into time and you think about the time when they would look forward. They would look forward with great anticipation to the coming of Christ and to the hope that his birth would bring. They would look with great anticipation to the peace that he would bring into the world. But it wouldn't be the same type of peace as what they would be expecting. It wouldn't be a peace of them overthrowing the government. It would be the peace of man with God. And then it would bring love. A type of love, like I said, which nobody had ever experienced. A love of peace with God, a restored relationship with God, a love which would take away the sacrificial system with a new sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ. This is good news. And today we're going to be talking about good news. We're going to be talking about fear, good news, and joy. We all love good news, don't we? You love the good news of family Christmas cards this time of year. Everybody's getting lots of Christmas cards, and it's been a joy for me as I've been seeing the mailboxes in the entryway just filling up with Christmas cards. I'll take this time to thank all of you for the Christmas cards that you've been putting in my box. They're greatly appreciated. We love seeing Christmas cards. We love seeing Christmas cards from family, where they update you on everything that's been going on in their life throughout the year, almost like a newsletter of, of sorts. We love the good news that you hear in communities that you hear in schools, the good news of your kids doing well in school versus going, doing bad. We love the good news of new believers in Christ. We're told that the angels rejoice with us. We love good news of family members getting married, good news of promotions at work, good news of students graduating from school, good news of pay raises. Those always good news, right? How about good news of unexpected gifts, good news of a birth. Today we're talking about the birth of Christ. We're talking about the birth of Christ, which is ultimately good news. But this gift which was given to us, this undeserving gift of this birth of Jesus Christ, was not an unexpected gift. In fact, it was prophesied for years and years before, such as in Isaiah 7.14 we read, but the Lord still will still give you proof. But the Lord will still give you proof. A virgin is pregnant. She will have a son and will name him Emmanuel. In Isaiah 9, 6, where we read, A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be our ruler. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And with that, the kids are dismissed to Children's Church. Thank you for your patience there. We have great prophecy, and that's not it. We have prophecy in Micah 5, 1-2. Prophecy in Genesis 49, 10. 
prophecy in Isaiah chapter 11 and more. All of these prophecies would be fulfilled. The good news, and this proves that good news can come out of the most unexpected of times, unexpected circumstances or situations. Good news was born and placed in a manger. Good news of great joy. We often miss good news because we're not searching for it. We're not looking for it. We're not listening for it. We often miss good news such as this because we think we're not worthy or we think how could any type of good news come to me or how could any type of good news come to me during this time of my life, whether it's because we think we're too young or whether we think it's because we're in too bad of a situation or a circumstance or whether it's because we think that we're not worthy or we're not seeking God or serving God as we shall or as we should. But God delivers good news to us at all times of our life. But we must be listening. We must be accepting this gift of good news. And at, a, at such a time where we're giving gifts to one another, I thought we should talk about good news of this great gift. God had a plan with Mary and Joseph God has a plan with you too. But are you listening? Are you searching? And are you going to say yes to God's plan? Or are you too busy trying to control your own life, trying to control your own plan? A few weeks ago, I heard a story of a, of a lady who was on a ship, a cruise. And this cruise was just going crazy. They were, they were in rough winds, rough waters. And she was getting nauseous. She was getting upset. Surely, I must be able to do something to be able to get this, this ship to go better. I'm, I'm going to try and take control of this situation. And this lady, she went to the upper deck. She asked to speak with the captain to voice her concerns and try and tell him, Captain, this ship is making me nauseous. These waves, can't you do anything to be able to help me? I can't sleep. I, I just can't put this anxiety aside, these fears aside. The captain gave her some great advice. He said, ma'am, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to your cabin, go back to your room. I want you to lay down. I want you to sleep well, rest well, and have peace, knowing that you, don't, you do not have to be concerned because you're not the captain. I am. We will get through this storm. We'll get through these rough seas, but you need to have confidence that I know what I'm doing. And the same thing is true with our life with Christ. We need to allow God to have control in our lives. We need to stop fearing, and we need to rejoice that we're not the captain. He is. You see, the good news of Jesus' birth, life, and yes, even death, shows us that good news can come out of all circumstances. But we must give him control. In Old Testament is full of prophecies which would be fulfilled. Sometimes we skip over some of these prophecies that are fulfilled. I was reading a book this week which was talking about the lineage of Christ. And I don't know about you, but I know sometimes we struggle, I struggle with reading all those begats. So-and-so begat so-and-so, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and we skip over these lineages. But these lineages are important to show us exactly what was happening in those circumstances. This good news of our Savior came through a lineage of both likely and unlikely people, circumstances, and settings. Mary and Joseph would be part of this good news. A stable or cave, a manger, an innkeeper, 
shepherds, angels. But we can even look further back into Jesus' lineage and see David, Rahab, and others who all had problems, all who had struggles. And yet God would use them. God would use their lives. But they had to give him control. Let's read now from that Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, we read this. Verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there is no place for them in the end. Verse 8 now, a very famous part of scripture, not just because it's God's word, but because many of you might hear these words read in the voice of Linus from Charlie Brown. But today you'll have to suffer through my reading. Verse 8, we read this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is Searching for Christmas Week 3, and today we see this good news of love being proclaimed to the shepherds. Good news of great joy, not fear. But great joy. You know, it's interesting that I brought up that, that, little, that little tidbit of this being the speech, the monologue that Linus said in Charlie Brown. Because I think we do think about that when we hear these words, that famous voice. But what's so great about that is Linus starts off that message with, with answering a question of Charlie Brown. Doesn't anybody know the true meaning of Christmas? Is answering him with scripture. And how great is that, that we can answer questions from the world with Scripture, with God's Word. In fact, that's where our answers should come from. But I love this little fact. I've told it to you before. In fact, you've all read this before. So this might not be anything new to you, but allow it to be a great reminder for your life that even at the end of him reading, of Linus 
reading that scripture, he drops his blanket, signifying he does not need that security blanket anymore because he has Christ. Christ takes away our fears. Love was coming down to us in the form of a baby, but just not any baby. A baby destined to be a redemption, destined to bring us peace, destined to bring not worldly peace, but peace with God. And this is the good news we focus on today. But too often, too many people are focusing on the wrong things this week. With Christmas, they're too focused on the gifts. They're too focused on the trees. They're too focused on the music. In fact, I am sure that some people in this congregation right now are probably thinking, oh, I hope this sermon doesn't go too long. I hope the business meeting doesn't go too long because I've got to finish wrapping Christmas gifts. I know even myself this past week, I found myself stressed as this is such a busy time of year. But we need to pray and we need to take time to recognize that this isn't a time to be stressed. This is a time to rejoice. Even the Grinch would realize this statement. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. I love that statement as it helps change our viewpoint, change our focus from the gifts, from the parties, from the music, to somebody else. And I think the Grinch is right, but I think the Grinch needs to go a little bit further, you see, because the Grinch was seeing the party down below in the village of Whoville with the Who's. And the Grinch was seeing that despite all their gifts being taken away, they were still able to have their happiness. They were still having their party. They were still able to sing around the Christmas tree. But I think the Grinch needed to see that it's not about that either. It's about one man, one God, who became man for us, Jesus. We can give the Grinch great news from the Bible. The Bible gives us the good news that the Grinch truly needed to hear. And this was, was it. Jesus was sent from God as a gift for us. So you see, I guess Christmas really is about a gift. But it's not about the physical gifts we buy in the stores. It's about the gift of Jesus, an undeserved gift. A gift which shouldn't be unexpected because we know about it from Scripture. We know the prophecies. We know it would be fulfilled. But we still have a great gift in Jesus. Through the Bible, we can read about God's plan and purpose for our lives. We can find out how much he loves us. And that's always good news, isn't it? But we struggle with this time of year because we struggle to focus on that good news. We focus instead on all the worldly good news of gift giving and music and trees and parties and, and family. Which can be good news, but we need to realize it's not the ultimate good news. Here's something more for you. A little, a little argument or answer to an argument as I was thinking. You see, some, some other good news. Jesus is the only person to ever walk this earth who had a choice as to how he would enter the world. There are some people, there's an argument out there that, that actually wants to use this against God. And say, well, how could a loving God ever send his son to die? That just doesn't make sense. To force your son to be born a life destined to die? That just doesn't make sense. But they fail to see that Jesus had a choice. Jesus willingly came. God gave us his son, yes, 
But Jesus willingly came. And Jesus knew the prophecies. Jesus knew his plan. Jesus knew God's plan. And he would willingly, willingly live according to that plan. We often fail to live according to God's plan. Even though we have this great example. Listen as we read from John 18, 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Are you hearing the voice of God? Are you hearing the truth? Are you living according to the truth? Jesus wasn't forced, coerced, or tricked. He knew exactly what his life would mean. He knew exactly what he was going to fulfill. He knew exactly the purpose and why he came into the world. And he came into the world to be a gift for us. As we move on, I want to get to the meat of today's message and then get to the point, the main point. So let's travel back. Let's travel back to that night in Bethlehem under the stars, the quiet night interrupted only by the noise of sheep. Maybe you can picture it if you close your eyes, just don't fall asleep. A dark night with stars glistening overhead, with noises of sheep bleats. To the rest of the world, this night was just an ordinary night, but the angels that would come knew that this was to be an extraordinary night. They knew that this was, to quote Galatians, when the fullness of time had come. As one author stated, all human history was funneled to this very moment. A baby was born in a stable or cave in the nearby village. Few knew, few cared. Babies are born every minute of every day, and you don't focus on every baby's birth. You don't rejoice over every one. But this was no ordinary baby. Angels would come to deliver the news to the shepherds of this special baby. The shepherds received a birth announcement on a starry night 2,000 years ago, which would be nothing like any other birth announcement to this day and age. It was sent to announce the good news of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as Scripture in Luke says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In one translation in Scripture, the angels say in verse 14 of Luke 2, <coughs> Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. But the original language really tells us it is about peace on earth towards men of goodwill. In other words, those who experience peace are those who have had their hearts cleansed by the sacrifice that this child would bring. This was not world peace, but peace between God and man. So what does this mean to you? What does it mean to me? What did it mean to these people today? Well, number one, the birth of Jesus meant the end of fear. In Luke 2.10, we read, The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will fill, will be for all the people. I mean, I think it's common sense that the, the shepherds could be having great fear right now to have they have angels appearing to them in the sky, not to mention a sudden, overwhelming, huge light in the sky that they had never seen before. The angels spoke to calm the shepherds of their fears and to refocus them on the message that the angels were proclaiming to them. I bring you good news. Do not fear. This is good news of great joy. The shepherds 
were told that the birth of Jesus would mean the end of fear. You see, the shepherds did not just have fear because the angel was appearing for, before them. The shepherds, just like us, had a fear which lives within us from the beginning of time since Adam and Eve sinned against God. This fear runs so deep within us that it's hard to push aside. All humanity has had fear within them through sin and the consequences. In fact, the first evidence of the fall was the fear of God. Where we read in Genesis, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid. So they hid. Fear goes far. Fear goes deep. Fear has been stalking the hearts of men and women down through centuries since. But Jesus would move through the area and Jesus would prove that they did not need to fear anymore. Fear is a liar, as one song says. And it cannot hold you. Jesus frees you of sin, fear, and burdens. Jesus gave many examples of not fearing but depending on him, depending on God. The disciples in the storm, the blind men healed, the lepers who feared that they would never be with their families again. Mary and Martha feared they would never see Lazarus again. And it all showed us that Jesus was in control. God is in control and God is bigger than all of these problems. Just because we're in a problem doesn't mean there's not good news to be found. But we need, we need to look for God's will in that problem, God's will in that circumstance, and make sure we're listening and accepting his plan. There are many fears at Christmas time, too. Many of you in here fear. I fear. We all fear. You're not alone. All throughout history, people have suffered and succumbed to great fear. But we need to not allow this fear to control us. Fears such as health concerns, family concerns, world conditions, economy, or general circumstances of life. We need not fear. We need to remember that Jesus conquers fear. Have faith. Because faith is the opposite of fear. We are saved by faith and kept by faith. We need not fear because God has already delivered us through Jesus, through a new way of life. Number two of what Jesus' birth meant to us is the birth of joy. The birth of joy. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Joy that will be for all people. This is good news of great joy. The scriptures and songs of Christmas are songs about joy. Why do we have joy? We have joy, great joy, because the Savior has been born. Joy, great joy, because scripture has been fulfilled. Joy, great joy, because Christ is Lord. Christ is the captain of our life. We can have great joy, we can rest, we can have peace in him, through him, because we do not have to worry about being in control of our lives, because God is the one to be in control. When we come to Jesus, he gives us joy. One quote I found says, There is far more joy in your future than your past. So stop focusing on your past and look to the future that God has for you. Let me say that once more. There is far more joy in your future than your past. But back to Luke chapter 2. You see, the scripture goes on to say that this joy will be for all people. Which brings us to number three. All people need the good news of great joy, which is for, Je 
which is Jesus. You see, Jesus doesn't just give life. Jesus doesn't just bring life. Jesus is life. Jesus is the light of life, and we need this light shining within our life, but not just within our life, to all people's lives. All people need the good news, which is the great joy, and which is only found in the life of Christ. Romans 3.23 says that all people are sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Christ died for all people, yet while they're still sinners. That's how much God loves us, that he sent his son, his only son, to die for us. But he didn't force his son. His son willingly lived this life. His son willingly gave in and, and succeeded in fulfilling all these prophecies. His son willingly was the great sacrifice which we needed. The birth of Christ and the sacrifice which would come would bring redemption to the world. Peace. Number four, we need to follow the example of the angels and the shepherds. Number four, we need to follow the example of the shepherds. And we see this in verse 17 and 18 of Luke chapter 2, where we read, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. People are waiting to wonder. People are waiting to be in all of the great news of great joy that we have to tell them. But too often we're holding it all to ourselves, and that's not what we're commanded to do. We're commanded in the Great Commission to go to all nations and to make disciples, to deliver this good news of great joy, to deliver this news that they need not fear any longer. They can have joy. You see, the worst thing is not to die, but to die not knowing Jesus. As a quote I found this week from Mark Driscoll, which was just so powerful. The worst thing is not to die, but to die not knowing Jesus. Heaven is a wonderful place, and we look forward to being there, but we should look forward to being there with other people. We should love our neighbors, love others, even love our enemies so much that we want to pray for them. We want to talk to them. We want to proclaim this good news of great joy to them. We should love this great news of great joy, good news of great joy so much that we want to proclaim it like the angels did. Now I say like the angels because again in Luke chapter 2 we read, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. There's the good news, but it goes on. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But wait, do we have more? And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. A multitude of the heavenly host. That word used multitude tells us that this number was too big to even imagine, too big to even think up, too big to explain. It was like legions and legions of a military force all coming together to praise God for what was happening. That's what we should be wanting to do. We should be wanting to come together and worship God and praise God and proclaim this good news of great joy that we have. 
Number four was we need to follow the example of the angels and the shepherds. And what that example is, is we need to proclaim the good news that we know. Good news of great joy. But maybe this Christmas season is hard for you. You see, Christmas can be a hard time for many people due to financial struggles, job struggles, family struggles, or maybe memories of loved ones that they have lost around Christmas time. Or maybe not even around Christmas time, but just they miss certain people. Whereas one author wrote, Christmas in this age doesn't guarantee merry and bright, not yet, but it does promise that merriness and brightness are breaking in. You see, Christmas gives us a peek of the uncompromised joy that is coming. And as we glimpse it, even from afar, we have a foretaste. And like the Apostle Paul, the man of sorrow himself, we're told in 2 Corinthians, we are sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. We are sorrowful, yet, eat, yet always rejoicing. You see, even if we struggle this time of year with memories, with job, with finances, with family problems, whatever it may be, we can be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. We may be overwhelmingly sorrowful at Christmas, or it may seem like it. But yet in Christ and His Spirit... God may allow us to rejoice. But we, like that lady in that story of the, with the captain and the ship, we need to recognize Jesus is the captain. We need to give him control. We need to rejoice in knowing that God has a plan that goes further than anything we could even imagine, anything that we could think up. God has used many people throughout time. He wants to use you too. So... Remember that joy is not found in the stuff you hold. Joy is found in the God who loves you, holds you, and saves you. Give your struggles to Him. Pray to Him. Open up to Him what you're struggling with. Joy is not found in the stuff you hold. Joy is found in the God who loves you, holds you, and saves you. And then after you give it to Him... Share your struggles with a brother in Christ who can help lead you in the direction you should go. Don't try and go through this time alone. But remember, you need help. You need help. People are searching for Christmas. Christmas is about Jesus. We don't need the Grinch to tell us this. We don't need Linus to tell us this because we have the great blessing of having God's Word, His Scripture, right in front of us. But are you looking? Are you listening? Are you searching for this good news and the good news that's being proclaimed to you? Are you listening in an active way that allows it to soak in? And then as you actively listen, are you acting on the news that you're told? Because God loves us, he gave us his son. And Isaiah 9, 6 says, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This is Jesus. This is this baby which was born into the world that day. God meets us where we are, and we need to trust Christ today. Trust Christ each and every single day of our life. Trade your fears for joy. Maybe you're holding on to fears today. Maybe you're holding on to sorrow. Maybe you're holding on to struggles. Maybe you're holding on to an old way of life. And God's trying to give you good news that you don't need to live that way anymore. We need to accept the good news. 
We need to live according to the good news. We need to tell others the good news. Jesus was on a rescue mission, and Jesus wants to rescue you. But will you allow him? You see, there's no other way to be rescued. Because God loves us, he gave us his son. And in Acts 4.12, we read, Neither is salvation in any other. For there is none other name, no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. This week, the entire world pauses and thinks about Christmas. And we need to point to them the true meaning of Christmas, which is Jesus. We need to tell them they can have hope. They can have peace. They can have joy. They can have love. But only through the love of God, only through the peace, the hope, the joy that Christ brings. And let me tell you, you can have this too. But you need to give your life to him. You need to believe him. You need to follow after him. And you need to repent and say, Lord, I am sorry. Please forgive me of my sinful past and help me to move forward with you as my Savior, with you as my Lord. Listen to this good news as I begin to wrap up. Christ came into the world as a babe. During his stay on earth, he taught us how to live and how to serve him. He died, arose, and ascended into heaven. This babe who grew into a man will come again. And this time, he will return as a judge of all mankind. This is the good news of great joy that would come through this baby. And as I close, I just have a few statements for you. Something to think about. You see, the good news we have today was not just about a birth so we could have a new holiday. It was about a new way of life. So the application point is this. Don't have just a Christmas face. Have a, have a transformed life that shows Jesus' lordship in your life every day of the year. Because of Jesus' birth, we need not fear. Because of Jesus' birth, we can rejoice. Because of Jesus' birth, we realize we all need this good news of great joy. Because of Jesus' birth, we realize we all need to proclaim this good news of great joy, just like the angels, just like the shepherds. So don't have just a Christmas face. Have a transformed life that shows Jesus' lordship in your life every day of the year. But some people in church today are playing religion, and their life truly has not been transformed. So I ask you, have, has your life been transformed? Does your life look any different than the world around you? Because we should look different. People should look to us and they should see that we have a joy that they need. People should look to us and see that we're living with hope. Hope that goes beyond this world, beyond your job, beyond your relationship. A hope that goes beyond your financial <coughs> situation. Does your life look different? Jesus came not to serve, but to serve others. Are you serving others? Are you living life just serving yourself? Jesus came to save you. God reached out and delivered us this great gift of his son. Are you living with this gift in your life? Have you opened this gift and have you applied it to your life? This gift has been given to you freely, but you must open it and use it. Or you continue to be controlled by fear, controlled by sin, controlled by a life void of the hope, the peace, the love, the joy that you need. A peace, a love, a joy, a hope that only Christ 
may bring. So I encourage you, this week, rejoice and share the good news of Christ, of this baby's birth, with all you come into contact with. Put aside the music, the tree, the gift wrapping. Put aside the concerns, the stress that you have over the holiday parties, the Christmas parties to come. And just take a moment to focus on what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about the birth of a baby that would live and die for you. To give you peace. To give you love. To give you hope. To give you joy. Isaiah 9, 6, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's close in prayer and we'll have one song. Lord, we thank you for this good news of great joy which the angels delivered to the shepherds that day. Over 2,000 years ago, we heard this news and we still see this news today. Lord, we pray that this news can remind us that we do not need to fear. We can have joy a joy which all the world today needs, and we need it too. Lord, may we give you the joy. May we give you our lives and receive the joy that we need in our life. Lord, I ask if anybody in here right now is, is thinking about this, may they give their life to you. May they recognize that they cannot live life alone. They can't control their own lives. They can't captain, be the captain of their own lives. To be a captain of our own life is a life void of purpose, void of hope, void of peace. Lord, may we give our life to you. So, Lord, I just ask if anybody's in here now saying this, may you say these words. Lord, God, please forgive me of my sins. Thank 